Hello there, this is Russell Owen, writer, director of Shepherd and Inmate Zero, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. to the horror squad podcast episode number 225 tonight we're talking about 1981's madman which is currently streaming over on tubi for canadian u.s listeners um one of your co-hosts todd and we have steve we're joeless tonight because he just got back from a con in texas and he's jet lagged like crazy he's all tuckered out he's all tucked in uh sam you know tucked in his little neck and everything he's just snoring away so he's a little tired so we're joeless tonight but i got steve what's up uh not too much what about you um Nothing really. I mean, working and yeah, living, living in this Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, living in an Airbnb, uh, seeing a lot of houses, which, you know, I, I finally landed one because the market is like the worst. It's, I don't want to bore everybody, but yeah, the market right now is like super terrible for buying a house. But, you know, obviously I have to buy one because I'm living in a studio apartment. And my family's all in Kentucky still. So yeah, just uh, sleeping on a futon and playing Xbox mostly. So it's not too bad. Living the life. <laughs> Well, playing a lot of VR. This is the most VR I played since I got my quest. Honestly. Yeah. Have you only been playing uh, Walkabout Mini Golf, or are you playing anything else? I, uh, mostly Mini Golf because it's my favorite game, easily. And That's then so good. I, it's man, it's <laughs> it's it's so realistic. It's it's crazy. Yeah. No, it's, it's 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 like having a mini golf in your living room. It's like yeah. it's hard to explain unless you try it. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, and the, the levels are awesome. The music's great. One of them sounds like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, so I'm, like, super into it. Um, I, I downloaded Angry Birds, too. I would recommend it if, I mean, one, you have to like Angry Birds, but you need, you need to know what you're, you're going to expect. It's literally what the cell phone game is, except you're in, like, the map, and you're holding, like, a slingshot and stuff. Okay, so it's like so a POV shot. It's like first-person <laughs> Angry yep. Birds. Yeah. Yep, so it's fun, but it's not, like, anything groundbreaking or anything. Right. Have you uh, played any horror games, though? Um, not on VR, no. I, I have The Exorcist, which I still need to play. Um, so yeah, I've been picked up some my movie watching. Like I increased that activity. So I bunch of, uh, brought a bunch of movies with me that I haven't watched yet on Blu-ray and stuff like that. So I've been doing that. But no horror video games. What about you? And uh, nothing really horror yet. Uh, I really want to try The Exorcist, but I'll wait till you tell me if it's any good because uh, it's still like thirty-five bucks at the, at the moment. The problem with the horror games is they're all like the ones where you have to move like Resident Evil and it just makes me too sick if it doesn't have uh, teleportation. So that's kind of the problem that I'm facing with the horror games. I did play uh, a few horror levels in Horizon, but nothing too crazy, you know? Yeah, that one's that one's manageable because you pretty much just stand there. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, it depends game. on the map, but yeah, most yeah. of them. Uh, yeah, I did try that um, that zombie one that you told me about, which I forget the name right now. Uh, oh, that's one I was thinking about, Drop Drop Dead. Yeah, so so that one at least you know it's like a station. It's kind of like House of the Dead. Uh, mm-hmm. If anyone's played that, the arcade, it's just kind of going through. You like shoot some zombies, and then it moves you to another area, and then you yeah. shoot more zombies, and it's, it's cool. I got my first mosquito bite of the oh of the season of the season, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. They need to go back to hell where they belong. But oh, fuck, no kidding. <laughs> but I imagine in Texas, there's a lot worse mosquito bites. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Kentucky was pretty bad. It just, you know, the, the climate. Kentucky and Texas are wet and hot and humid. So these little bastards just fucking thrive, man. It's like that's no cool. eradicating them. Yeah, that's crazy. And also one thing very important to note as well. This is your birthday episode. 
Yeah, it the is. only one who showed up. <laughs> <laughs> only only person showed up to my birthday party. Thank you. So happy well early birthday for this recording. Yeah. But, uh, happy birthday for the pod. Yeah, uh, as of we're recording, it's two days from now. Yeah, so. that's right. On a very important day, it's uh, May the Fourth Day. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. They wonder uh, what's cool Star Wars stuff. It's probably just a trailer for Obi Wan. Yeah, which should be awesome. Yeah, that's what's sure. in this month. So I'm pumped for that. Oh, me too. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna go see the Northman on my birthday evening because that nice. looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Plus, Robert Eggers is great, and I forget what the actor's name is. It's one of the stars. Oh, uh, yeah, one of the st- yeah. The star- there's so one many of, of them. Brothers, right yeah. I think it's Stellan. Is it Stellan? Stellan. I have, I don't, I don't one of them. Yeah. I know. I know it's Skarsgård and then <laughs> right, the old, old Skarsgård. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and the rest just kind of blend yeah. with each other. Not even. It's like the Baldwins. Like you don't know how right. many there are. <laughs> they keep popping out of nowhere. Like yeah. you see the crowd. Like which Baldwin? Whoa! I've never yeah. heard of they're, fucking. They're all uh, talented. Tom Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know that would suck to be like one of the Baldwins, or you're just like an insurance salesman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so since it's your birthday, uh, you picked Madman, which is what we're reviewing today. Why mm-hmm. that one for your birthday pick this year? Um, a couple of reasons. One, it's one of the 20 movies that I brought with me because I just got the new 4K release uh, from Vinegar Syndrome, I believe it's from. Um, plus, it's got Galen Ross, which I know you're a fan of from Dawn of the Dead, plays Fran. And it was uh, accessible on TV for everybody. So it's a easy one to watch. So And plus, I like it. Um, this is my second or third time watching it. I do have issues with it, which we'll cover later, but yeah, Galen Ross, I mean, she's only done three movies, so it's cool to see her in one of the three. Yeah, I actually, uh, so speaking of Joe at Texas Frightmare, I actually finally got her autograph through Joe, uh, so he met her over at uh, Texas Frightmare. I'm pretty psyched about it. She looks fucking good. I, I don't know, like, I, yeah. I guess I was expecting her to be, like, super old uh, because, I mean, Dawn is, like, you know, 78, so. Yeah. Like that's over 40 years ago and she wasn't like you know 10 <laughs> during dawn so but god damn she looks she so almost, good she almost looks older in like dawn of the dead i know that's what's mad man i'm like what what is she doing <laughs> yeah what joe sent me a picture i really was expecting someone super old yeah ken for ken for looks great too yeah he does it? yeah it's yeah. it's only um what's his face uh the other one i got the autograph from scott um, renegar yeah he's he's looking he's up old. there he's up there yeah yeah um, and then of course David MG never comes anything anymore which sucks no exactly I hope he's doing okay I know hopefully yeah but he's one to meet if I ever I'm at the point where if he's gonna do a con <laughs> I'm flying there like right I got yeah. I gotta do it yeah, we'll exactly. see absolutely all right you want to get uh, this party started yeah <laughs> <laughs> break out the cake yeah, so we weren't planning on doing questions so we don't have any questions this week Joe has all the uh, the movie news so we're not doing that either so we're just going to head right into what watch. So I'll let the birthday boy go first. What have you been watching? The birthday boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this one. So I watched one called Cannibal Hookers from 2020. And it's actually a remake. Uh, it's Donald Farmer who directs uh, Shark Exorcist and Debbie does Demons, which we're, we're executive producers on that one. We're, we're executive producers on Debbie does Demons and <laughs> just, just producers on Shark Exorcist too. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, I'm so excited for those to come out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh, Cannibal Hookers is a remake of his own film. This guy, um, Donald Farmer, like you would not guess that he is the age he is, but he's he's up there. He's he's he was directing movies in the '80s, right? So he's he's up there in age. Um, but this one, honestly, the plot is very lacking. 
I guess there's like a hooker and she's escaped from like a, a religious cult. And that's why there's random scenes with this reverend or father or whatever you want to call him posting pictures. And then one scene he starts singing like a gospel, but then he, he freaks out and starts screaming it. And it's just like in the movie, you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Cause he just comes out of nowhere with no explanation. And then, yeah, these girls are just going around killing Johns and, you know, dudes are trying to, you know, buy their time and stuff. And it's got like, it's, it's got a, I, I can't rate this movie like a traditional movie, you know, cause if I, if I tried, it would be like down in the gutters. But if you like shot on video type films and clearly stuff that's made with like 3000 bucks tops, you know what I mean? Uh, where probably all the crew and actors are volunteers, if not paid, you know, maybe a hundred bucks in a sandwich, then you'll like it. If you go in thinking it's going to be like the next Don or something, you're going to hate it, but it's got, it's got heart. It's got like clearly had a good time and it's funny seeing like all their mistakes, like crew, crew members and, and the camera shots and they're in mirrors and you see the cameraman off in the corner trying to hide. And it's like, come on guys, uh, for the dudes out there or girls, there's uh, plenty of naked women in this one. So that's good. And uh, continuity is like not a thing in this movie. This girl, the main character, she starts off like a shaved head kind of punker girl look. And then maybe 30 minutes in, she has a full head of hair and a completely new hairstyle. And then like the next scene, she's back to her shaved head. So they obviously shot it out of order and then like took a couple months or maybe a year, I don't know, to film it. So everything was wrong, like with the characters. So it was funny, but uh, it's enjoyable, man. Campbell Hookers, um, if you're into the fun stuff like that, then I think you'll like it. Nice. Uh, I also forgot to mention at the top of the show that we actually have an interview attached to this episode. So I interviewed Russell Owen who is the director of uh, Patience of a Saint, a.k.a. Inmate Zero, and also a new movie that's coming out uh, this week called Shepherd. So that's the two movies I'm going to talk about my watch. Um, so stick it out to the end of the uh, episode for that interview. So the first one, Patient of a Saint, or also known as in the U.S. and Canada, it's called Inmate Zero, which is the name you would find over on uh, Tubi. Uh, so in this one, a, uh, a girl's on death row, on a prison that's on an island in I believe it's Ireland maybe Scotland I'm not 100% sure and um, this doctor that's in the prison wants to make a deal with her that if she agrees to uh, take part in some experiments they'll change her sentence from death of the electric chair to life lifetime in prison but she absolutely refuses. She says she'd rather die than uh, go through the experiments because she heard the experiments are really rough. Well, sure enough, um, the experiments are happening on the island and they lead to like a zombie type apocalypse or infected uh, type deal. And then it's about uh, these women at this prison trying to get off the island and escape from uh, the infected. So nothing too like crazy you know new about this uh it's a pretty standard zombie story but it's it's well shot it's well filmed the uh the zombies actually look really cool uh they don't look like all it's got it's almost like a mix of zombie and infected um like they're fast and they're crazy but they're also kind of like dead in a way that they just stand there unless you get their attention they have like these kind of black eyes it's it's actually a pretty cool design and something that's a little different than what you see. I do like the take of having a women's prison, having to deal with it, because you have a different dynamic than some of the other films I've seen. And uh, yeah, it's it's like, it's an okay film, you know, nothing I would go out of my way to watch. But if you like zombie films, uh, it's better than a lot of those, like, you know, zombie films you'll find on Tubi that have a cool poster and probably suck. Uh, it's a decent, like, made film. So I'd recommend it. And that's called Inmate Zero over in the US and Canada. 
Yeah, Tubi has amazing artwork, but usually not good films. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like a trend. Yeah, it happens a lot. You you really can't, you know, uh, box shop on that Tubi because you'll you'll be disappointed. In the next week, a little spoiler: me, uh, Steve, and I will talk about Cuddles the Clown. (laughs) Tickles. Tickles the Clown, (laughs) which that's you know it might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Easily, (laughs) easily. You you want to hear something really crazy? Yes. It's it's the fourth one in (laughs) in a series. Why? Uh, so it's in the same Jeez, series dude. as Big Trump Foot. versus something. Yeah, Trump versus the Illuminati, Bigfoot <laughs> versus the Illuminati, and another thing versus the Illuminati. So yeah, she loves the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Illuminati is the group that uh, kind of brings all the stories together. Did you uh, watch them all? The fuck no. <laughs> I, like I, I, I might watch the Trump one. I'm curious enough to check it out just to see kind of what he looks like. Yeah, is but it animated I mean, too? I. Guess I was so. I was about to throw it on just to see what the voice acting was like. Yeah, I mean it's it's Bill Burst Jr. that plays the tickles. Uh, I, <laughs> oh. yeah. We'll talk about that. But <laughs> did you watch the whole thing? I did, unfortunately. Oh my it's, god, it's <laughs> it's rough, man. <laughs> it's so it's it, I mean, I to be fair, I did have my phone out, you know, because I, I I cannot watch that movie. Straight? <laughs> no, no, no. I it's bad, man. Yeah, it's bad. It is it's bad. It, it kind of do you ever watch a machinima back in like the 2010s it's like a video no. game where they what they what people would do it's like a youtube channel they take um like characters in a game like halo uh-huh. and just put voiceovers and make stories with them kind of like red versus blue oh, okay things like that so they yeah. did that with multiple games that's what basically this movie was they just took like game footage and put voices over them and made some sense of a fucking weird horn the fucking horny director (laughs) yeah every fucking line went back to sex yeah yeah (laughs) which makes no sense no it's man it's fucking terrible yeah well we'll talk about next week we want joe to hear what he made us watch so that's a good punishment though fuck yeah all right my next one is another rewatch um Wait, no. What did I watch? No, this, yeah, this rewatch. Uh, Dead and Buried from 1981. This one's currently streaming over on Shutter and Amazon Prime. Um, but it was another case of, you know, I got the updated 4K, so I want to check it out. Dead and Buried is like one of those that doesn't have a lot of love, but I really like. And it's about a small town cop on like a shore town, right? Where everyone's just fucking acting weird. People are ended up dead. Um, they don't know why, like townsfolk are being fucking strange. Um, his wife is like, he thinks she's having an affair because like she goes out and doesn't know, you know, makes up weird excuses, things like that. But as viewers, we know, because and this isn't a spoiler, this happens in the first five minutes. Um, this photographer comes and he's taking, you know, random shots or whatever. Then, you know, this pretty girl comes down to the beach. She's like, can I be a model? And she takes off her top and kind of lures him in. And then, like, 20 uh, of the townspeople show up and just kill them. Uh, they end up lighting them on fire and uh, leave them for dead. And then, so we know in the background that the townsfolk are fucking crazy. But from the sheriff's point of view, he's like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And they have this, like, uh, this uh, mortician that's, like, obsessed with putting people back together. So when he gets a, a victim, he's like, yeah, I can make them fucking pretty again, things like that. He's also, he, he's played by the, uh, the worthless grandpa from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, that piece of shit in that movie um grandpa joe right i think yeah that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh then yeah then it unfolds it's like a mystery i love it it's it's got cool acting a great premise uh, robert england uh, one of his first roles he's very young in this and he's actually pretty good um but yeah dead and buried over on shutter i think you would like it there's some uh goofy acting at some points especially when like this couple and a kid are going through a house and like won't shut up 
and they do like every horror trope imaginable like is anyone there and shit like that but uh other than that yeah dead and buried tracks by gary sherman i for one i love it yeah i watched it when uh there was a time where i was trying to I go through, it, yeah. through the video nasty list uh, and that's one of them so i uh i, I wonder if why it's nasty time. probably because she puts a needle in the dude's eye you, you know what the video nasties are really not that bad yeah uh, the, the, at least the majority of them i watch i mean yeah like um cannibal holocaust and a few things like that eaten alive and there's a few of them that are pretty bad but the majority of them are pretty tame at least yep. compared to today to the standards that i guess we uh, as horror fans have um but anyway so and that one's one of them like i was kind of confused as to why it was a video nasty it wasn't that bad you know no it's not um all right so my uh, next one is a movie from 2022 and it's the movie that uh, russell owen is uh, here to plug on the interview at the end of the show and it's called shepherd so in this one uh, it's on vod if you want to watch it uh so in this one uh, it's like a, a guy he uh he goes through a tragedy and he wants to get away from it so he goes he takes a job where he's, he like takes care of a lighthouse uh, on a secluded island and he lives there all in his own at some shitty house and he has no way to, of getting off the island but there's this uh, captain that comes every week or so i guess to bring him supplies and stuff like that and it's just basically the guy uh, the story of this guy and his dog as he grieves and starts seeing things and starts having kind of cabin fever and he starts finding things on the island that are mysterious and any things that's haunted might be haunted i'm not telling you um and that's basically the plot of the story and you know there's things that happen he finds some things he finds out things about himself things he i don't know if he didn't remember or they weren't telling the audience but like kind of the backstory as to why he's so fucked up gets revealed throughout the movie uh it's had actually a pretty good movie it's kind of like an a24 film without being an a24 film uh, officially it's it definitely got that slow burn uh european vibe to it it's in scotland and uh really really well shot uh great like uh score and stuff like that and th there's a lot of really creepy uh imagery that comes up once in a while like very surreal imagery of things on the island there are fantastic looking locations on this uh there's a couple things that like come out of nowhere and we're really cool looking and fun to explore uh it's really like a top-notch like directed film uh unfortunately i think it was a little too slow for my liking and it's very it's like almost two hours long and i started really feeling that runtime you know after like an hour because it is just one guy and his dog on this island and there are very few interactions with anyone else uh and that's cool for a while but after a while you just like kind of want to move on the story and stuff like that and although i respect where the movie ends up at the end it wasn't my favorite ending like i think there could have been a better ending to this than the one that we got. But still, I think uh, if you get a chance to check it out somewhere, that's uh, Shepard, and I would recommend checking it out at least once. Alrighty, cool. Yeah, got anything else or uh, ready to move I, on? I have three if you want to do three. Since might, might as well. Yeah. All right, my third one of the night is going to be Island of the Fishmen from 1979. It's actually a uh, Blu-ray that just came out from Full Moon. So I grabbed it on their last sale for like 10 bucks or something. Um, this one is, is about a uh, shipwrecked group of men that, you know, go to this secluded island and there's like a random dude and like his young bride, as well as some tribesmen that live in this fucking mansion and tribesmen are basically like the guy's slaves or whatever. Um, meanwhile, there's like 
fishmen hybrids that are like you know half fish half man that will slowly pick off the survivors kill them and stuff um and it turns out that they're they found the lost city of Atlantis in like an underwater cave, but they can't get to the riches. So this evil doctor started splicing fish and human DNA so the human men, fishmen, can swim down there and get the fucking gold. I'm like, it's gotta be an easier way to do this, but <laughs> I guess like changing the law of nature is the easier path for this movie. Um, it's pretty cool. You know, like it's nothing like crazy special. I do, I'm a sucker for like this the way these movies look like with this like cheap plastic rubberish suits, but they go there and they actually show the, show the villains instead of like, you know, being shy with it. Um, there's a lot of them too. So like they all gang up on people and they start slashing them, things like that. It's a little too long though. Like they could have cut down a lot of this bullshit and just made it more of like a monster movie instead of more of like, it was mostly like um, a mad scientist and the fishmen were like afterthought. But overall, if you like find it for 10 bucks or something, if you see it streaming for free, Island of the Fishmen, 1979. Check it out. That's interesting. <laughs> interesting premise there. So my last one this week is a movie from 1992 that I watched over on Tubi. And it's also over on Full Moon because it's a Full Moon picture, which I am now subscribed to because Todd told me about a deal and I couldn't refuse it. So basically I got a, a year subscription to, to Full Moon, uh, the entire Evil Bong set uh, with a case that holds, I guess room for weed i think that's the whole point of it. it's a stash box and then i got to pick either 10 movies like anything on the full moon website or the puppet master series which is 12 movies i ended up going for the puppet master series uh i, I just deal. always wanted it yeah it's like crazy it's i, I calculated it's almost like a 400 dollar uh, worth of stuff that i got for like 70 bucks because yeah. that's how much these well worth it so, so definitely jumped on it so you can watch it either on full moon or on tubi so like i said bad channels so in this one uh it's about a group of people on the radio and they kind of fuck around on the radio pretending like events are happening and stuff to get uh, attention from their listeners like they're doing a a thing where he's not going to leave the radio station until he gets a certain amount of like money or something like that uh so people don't really like take these guys seriously the kind of goofballs but then all of a sudden aliens attack and they take over the radio station and they for whatever reason continue to let the two guys um broadcast while they're doing kind of their attack and they start like freaking out and telling people bring the cops over here it's crazy aliens are attacking but of course everyone thinks it's another one of those stupid radio stunts so no one takes them seriously and everyone's laughing at it uh, and meanwhile the aliens start targeting people in the town and they can like teleport them from uh, like this jar in the radio station they can like find them within like some weird like mirror thing and then they can teleport them into the thing so people start going missing in the town which makes some people suspicious because they hear the people at the radio station be like they just brought this person in here and that person's missing so people eventually get wise to it and realize it's actually an alien invasion and not just some uh, crazy thing I mean, it's typical full moon uh, of the early 90s. Like, it's cheesy, but it's fun. Like, I had fun with it. Uh, the creatures are stupid looking, but in a good way. You know, like bad costumes, like Todd was kind of saying with the previous movie. Uh, it's definitely better than what Full Moon's been putting out recently. It's It has that cool, like, kind of early 90s uh, vibe to it. And I didn't hate it. You know, it's not a great film. I don't know if it's something I necessarily ever revisit, but I thought it was a fun, cheesy sci-fi film. So that's Bad Channels over on Tubi. I take that full moon over this shit they're doing any day. Oh my god, it's not—it's not even comparable. I don't I know why. Like, I'm trying to see where where was the shift? Like, is it 
early 2000s where they started just with it probably with the evil bong stuff right even even that's still the same kind of quality though yeah evil bond's been in 16 years if you could believe that. oh really <laughs> wow. they've been making those films uh I don't, yeah i don't the pandemic like ruined him or something i don't know oh the pandemic Just, especially oh my god like the stuff they've been putting out since yeah. the, the virus it's coronavirus it's corona zombies <sighs> god it's the worst yeah it's just like they're not even trying anymore no and they have such a, like a good backlog they can they can literally put a puppet master together for the amount of money they're making spending on the 50 foot cam girl and i'd buy it you know yeah exactly yeah, for sure whatever uh all, all right, right. So uh, before we go into our new kind of trivia game that we're going to try out here, uh, first a word from our sponsor. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, so how do we do this? Okay, so I wanted to do this anyway, just uh, when it was going to be the three of us tonight. But I guess it's good that there's only two of us because it's going to be easier. It's a game I saw over on TikTok, and I thought, fuck it, you know, we've been doing the same type of trivia for like, you know, two and a half years now. So I'm going to try, I'm trying different questions. You know, I did the one where... I say a keyword and you know, slowly get easier and stuff like that. So this is the way this one's going to be played. Uh, so I wrote down the name of a movie. It's not nothing too obscure, you know, especially yeah. for now as we're getting to know uh, what's going on. And I'm going to put IMDb page on my computer. Uh, so I have access to like all the information and I'm going to put a clock for 60 seconds and you can ask me as many questions as you like. Uh, it can only be yes or no answers. I could say sometimes like maybe kind of, or I don't know, you know, it just depends on the question. Like if you're asking something I have no idea about, obviously I can't answer it. So it's um, like 20 questions. Kind of, but yeah, 60 seconds. You can ask as many questions yes. as you want and you have to try to guess the movie from those, like from your own essentially questions. <sighs> okay. All right. So I'm going to put the clock on my phone. Okay. So I have a movie in mind. I'm just going to pull up the movie on IMDb. Okay. 60 seconds, tell me when to go. I'm try, I tried to pick movies I kind of know, you know, mm. enough of. Uh, but I don't know everything about this movie. I'll just pull it up here. So right. whenever you're ready, 60 seconds, go. All right, is, is it a slasher? Uh, not really. Creatures? Not Demons. really. Kind of. Uh, zombies? Kind of. <laughs> it's kind of with zombies and demons um is it from the 80s yes uh does it star bruce campbell no um does it have it's kind of like zombies it's kind of like demons shoot does it have is it colorful (laughs) it's it's a color movie (laughs) (laughs) no i mean like i don't even know what that even means (laughs) um shoot is it starring is it a survival girl? Uh, no. No? Fucking shit. Kind of like zombies, kind of like fucking demons. What does that even mean? Uh, is it vampires? Nope. Is it demon zombies? Kind of. <laughs> what the f- Is it the movie Demons? No. All right. Last guess. Yeah, Evil Dead. Wrong. Damn. So it was actually Pet Cemetery. Nah, I was way off. 
because they're kind of demons. They're kind of zombies. They're not quite All right. that. All right, I got one. So I, I, after a minute, I give you always one final guess. Just to, okay. Are you ready? Ready, set, go. All right. Uh, is it from the 80s? Yes. Is it a slasher? No. Is it a uh, zombie film? No. Is it a uh, giallo? No. Is it American? Yes. Uh, hmm. What else? Is it a ghost film? No. Supernatural? Kind of. Is it by Full Moon? No. Trauma? No. Was it mainstream? Yes. Is Evil Dead? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> 32 seconds. Dang. All right. Let me get my second movie here. All right. So what do you think of this one? It can work. It's just something different. It doesn't have to yeah. be every, all the time. You know, it just adds to the... Yeah. All right. So... Okay. How would we score it, though, if there's two of us guessing? I'm going to do it one at a time. Like, oh, okay. ask it. you and ask Joe. And, and then he can have a steal, you know, okay. <laughs> on the final. Yeah, that, that'll make it yeah, interesting. <laughs> and they can ask one question on the steal just to reinforce yeah. it. Are you ready? Yep. Go. 90s. No. 80s. No. 70s. No. 60s. No. 2000s. No. 2010 up and yeah. up. Gosh, damn. Ghosts. No. Um, demons. No. Um, slasher. Um, is it in the forest? Nope. Animals? Nope. Uh, is it a remake? Nope. Shoot. 2010's and up. And is it a ghost movie? Nope. Um, is it a, uh, I suck at these. Yeah. 2010 and up. No ghosts, no zombies. Uh, vampires? Nope. Shoot. Werewolves? Nope. Oh my God. Is it a full moon movie? No. Is it a uh, universal movie? No. Is it starring Tom Cruise, The Mummy? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was universal. Um, is it set in the desert? Nope. Final guess. Uh, 2010s. Is it Chern Chernobyl Diaries? <laughs> no. <laughs> Train to Busan. Train to oh, you gosh. never said zombies. So. Darn it. All right. Get my thing up. Here it is. And go. 80s? Nope. 90s? Nope. 20, 2000s? Nope. 2010? Nope. 70s? Yep. Uh, zombies? Nope. Romero? Nope. Um, at, uh, the Exorcist? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, aliens? Nope. Uh, let's see. 70s. Is it uh, Jaws? It is. Fuck. <laughs> 24 seconds. You're killing this game. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You know what? I'm going to change this fucking one because you could get that one easily if you got Jaws easily. All right. I'm Go ahead. Right. Got it pulled up here. And go. Uh, ghost movie. Yes. Uh, 2000s. Yes. Um, is it Insidious? No. Conjuring? No. Uh, paranormal Activity? Yes. 13 Yay. seconds. <laughs> Way to go. Yes, finally. Redemption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when you got ghosts first, I mean, yeah. for a full minute of ghost films in the 2000s. Yeah, yeah there's not a lot. <laughs> right. Eventually, um, you're going to hit it, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Reset. And whenever you're ready. All right. Go. Yep. A 80s. Nope. 90s? Nope. 2000s? Yes. 
uh, 20, like 2000, 2010? To yeah. Uh, is there, is it slasher? No. Is there booby traps? There's boobies in it. <laughs> <laughs> but no booby it's not Saw? No. <laughs> uh, is there a clown in it? No. Um, 2000s boobies. <laughs> uh, zombies? That narrows it down. No. Ghosts? Yes. Oh. Uh, it's not insidious. It's not conjuring. No, there's no boobies think. in those movies. I know. Uh, let's see. Oh, is it 13 Ghosts? Damn, yeah. <laughs> 42 seconds. Nice. Not, not a lot of ghost films with boobies. It's no. like, my original uh, choice was Scream, but my hook at that one too fast. Oh, yeah. I would have gotten that. Uh, yeah. So there it is. It worked. I thought something a little different to add some <laughs> yeah. flavor to the episodes. For sure. I'm going to probably do it on Let's FP as well. I'm going to try to do a hard one for you right now. Hard one. Ooh. See if you can get it. It's, it's tough. Like, that's why I didn't want to go too obscure, you know, with the. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be a hard one. It's just, no, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. All right, whenever you're ready, <laughs> go. 80s? Correct. Um, slasher? No. In the woods? No. Um, zombies? Yes. Oh, uh, Day of the Dead? No. Uh, let's see. Is it Return of the Living Dead? <laughs> I thought that was going to be harder because there's so much 80s zombie movies. Yeah, I know. No, no. Yeah. Damn it. All right. You're too good at this one. There you go. Oh, shit. So uh, let us know, uh, listeners, if you like this type of game as something I should we should add to our repertoire of types of games we do for trivia, just so we're not doing always the same old trivia. Yeah. I figured uh, start finding yeah, other ways of uh, doing stuff once in a while. All right, Madman. Yes. All right, Madman, 1981, directed by Joe Gianni. Uh, at a summer camp for use, cocky preteen calls out the name of mass serial killer Madman Mars. Suddenly, counselors are being maimed and slaughtered in various ways by the backwoodsman who has returned when his name was called. Fun fact, uh, they filmed this in the winter, so those leaps were fake. They had to tape them on and shit, so that's fun. Um, yeah, so this one starts Galen Ross, and the reason that all the actors' names are different is because it was um, a non-union film and they're all in the union, so they would have gotten in trouble. So Galen Ross is credited as, I think, Alexis or something like that. But this movie starts off with a campfire and, you know, you got the old man, uh, leader of the camp, he's telling fucking stories and this one guy singing a theme song about Mad Men Mars, which is pretty cool. And you got little kids that are fucking scared. And But he's like basically telling a legend about Mad Men Mars, who was a farmer. And of course, the, the farmhouse is right around the edge over there. We're a little close to it. He might hear us. But this guy snapped and killed his family with an axe, and then the townspeople hung him. And then the next day, his body disappeared, and he's still in the woods. So, you know, they tell the ghost story, and they all go to bed. And lo and behold, Madman Mars is stalking the town again, stalking the little the, the counselors and killing everybody. Um, it has a very strange love scene between Galen Ross and her boyfriend in a hot tub that's very strange. Um, it's got some cool kills in it. It's a bit wonky and a little bit too long for my taste, but overall I enjoyed it. Um, I do have some issues and like there's some really really stupid shit in here, but there's also weird stuff too where it's like uh, Galen Ross's love interest, right? He kind of snaps because he wants to have sex later and she's like, no, not tonight. And he's like, you're never going to see me again. You're going to dump, dump me, whatever. And he says that in front of everybody, but to flip this like the script usually that dickhead guy would be a dickhead for the whole movie and like two scenes later he's he's like i would like to apologize to everyone he he stands up at the table he apologizes to the whole group he apologizes to her and like he's a good guy i'm like 
what usually this guy's like a piece of shit but no he's apologizing for his behavior i'm like this is not a slasher a, a normal slasher behavior but yeah we're, we're following these guys around as there you know one guy goes missing and then two more go looking for him and they go missing and so on and so on so it's pretty much basic uh, slasher plot until the end uh where we'll talk about later but overall i enjoy it but i do have issues so i've never seen this one before um so this was a brand new watch for me and i didn't really know what to expect all i knew is that the killer he kind of reminds me of the killer in slaughterhouse i don't know if you've ever seen that one another kind of 80s uh big kind of burly guy i think it's like it's like the same poster too almost i think yeah if no yeah, yeah exactly so Huh. I, I guess I was confused too. So Batman almost never got on my radar because I always thought oh, Slaughterhouse, but I've seen that one. So anyway, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was all right. You know, it was cool to see Gillen Ross. You know, I always enjoy seeing her. I mean, like you said, she's been in what three films, so we don't get to see her a lot, and that's a shame because she is really good at what she does. So that was really cool to see. Um, you know, I love movies to take place at a summer camp. I, I never got to go to summer camp. But I could see how much fun it would be to just kind of hang out with your friends all day and do activities and stuff. But I felt like, you know, the movie starts at a campfire and everything. And I was kind of hoping to see more summer camp stuff, kind of like sleepaway camp, you know, where you see really the different troops and things going on. But the movie takes place all in basically one night. So you never really get a good sense of how big this camp is, how many people are at this camp. You know, there are kids there somewhere because you see them early on, but they kind of just disappear into the story at some point and don't really come back. Uh, so that was really odd. Uh, there's also like the people just basically go in the woods and get killed. <laughs> That's kind of the whole movie up until right at the end. Uh, so that was a little goofy as well. Uh, I do think the kills were pretty good. Uh, you know, they were fun to watch. I actually read that uh, the guy who took the uh, really odd hot tub with uh, Galen Ross, he was actually choking himself uh, as they were filming his choking scene so that it would look more real but then that's an actor yeah then the production was starting to get worried that he'd actually kill himself <laughs> by uh by doing that so yeah that was because it did look really good like it, it looked like he was it looked pale, great. that's yet... one of my that's one of my notes it looked fantastic yeah well then you know why <laughs> he's really doing it uh so that's fucking crazy that hot tub scene what the fuck was that well funny <laughs> enough uh Galen did a new like interview for the disc I got and she was saying they had a fucking fallen out her and her love interest so when they were making out I guess she said something about us kissing and he like retreated from the set and locked himself in the sauna and then he wouldn't come out for like a bunch of like a long time until like production was like hey you need to get the fuck out of here dude really <laughs> so they filmed the kissing scene and then you know how they film that scene where they're spinning around in the hot tub super randomly that's because they were fighting and like oh that was God. the scene they filmed right after he got out of the sauna really <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the close-up of his belly button oh my god yeah i'm like the, what the <laughs> yeah i'm like why are we doing this? it's all right cool sex scene usually you know you show she show anything you can show the guy's chest or you can show her breasts or whatever but they show the dude's belly button i'm like what yeah it was, and, and then you have like the kind of song playing over it and it was just i'm like, convinced that was him singing oh does it, it kind of sound like him it does it does because he's <laughs> the one singing at the beginning of the film too yeah it was odd it was a super weird scene yeah, uh, and weird. the spinning yeah i guess now it well it doesn't make sense that it explains what the fuck was up with that but it was so weird they're just they're, they're just in a hot tub and they're just spinning around but individually yeah so it's the weirdest thing it's uh anyway you know what, you know what i was thinking too like because clearly he ejaculated and like this is a, a a fucking child camp 
And yeah. now you got jizz floating around in the spa. And like, God. I'm assuming they'll use the spa themselves. <laughs> this like, <laughs> gross, man. Yeah, it, it was super weird. Uh, other notable moments for me. Uh, so there's a girl who goes to hide in the refrigerator. That's I have that note too. Which is so weird. <laughs> that that's the best place you could find is the refrigerator. Well, uh, it's because she pulls out all everything. I'm right. like, Mars is not going to notice you pulled up the shelf from the fridge. <laughs> right. <laughs> there's shelves all over the floor and like yeah. and stuff. Yeah. She could have ran through the door that was two feet to her left, but she went and hid in the fridge. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And then, of course, they play on the tropes of the car troubles. Every car in this film has has car trouble uh, at the you know most convenient time. So that's always funny to see. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just it's very it's a very random film. Uh, there are some pretty good shots actually. Uh, that shot in particular with the fridge, the kitchen is super lit up, which is half the screen. But then the room where Mars is which is the killer in the film, is super dark. And it looks like the screen's cut in half. It was like two, almost like two shots in one. And I thought like camera tricks like that were pretty interesting. Uh, so I enjoyed stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just, there's one of the problems, I didn't really care for too many of the characters. Like I cared for Galen's character only because I knew her from Dawn of the Dead, not because of what she did in the film. So I didn't really care if anyone died, you know? Um, and I was also super confused with the kid who's lost in the woods. He's just like wandering around the whole film, kind of lost. You know, he doesn't really do anything until the one that shows up at the end. Yeah, until, until the oh. end, right? Yeah, it's, I don't it's know. super random, but yeah, it's just it, it was a weird movie. Yeah, and then Galen dies at the end. Yeah, but like, see, I like the ending though because like, okay, she's gonna get the drop on him and kill him and it'll be over. But no, he hangs her up on a mate hook which is actually a pretty cool effect but it was so over dramatic when she's like reaching for the knife and like trying to get him in slow motion and it's like what the hell and she stabs him in like the right. shoulder and he's supposed in to the shoulder <laughs> yeah yeah and then burns the fucking house down which are there any kids in that fucking house like are we just gonna gloss over this <laughs> no one knows i don't know where these kids are you know you yeah. see them very briefly near there's the like end. three kids too like total i think i don't know yeah it's it's it odd but how, how cool is that uh like chill head like the head counselor guy the old guy well, the old dude's like, hey, save a beer for me. Right. Yeah, he's just super, super chill. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fucking the hot tub. <laughs> I, I read that they're trying to get Vincent Price for that. Really? Which, which is so, like, I don't know if they actually could have landed that. Uh, I don't know, early Shit, 80s. 80, yeah, what was he doing in the 80s? He's doing, Everything. I mean, Hilarious House of Frankenstein, but that's near the end <laughs> of his uh, his career. I just don't see, I think he's too old to be the counselor, to be honest. Well, this guy was old, too. I, I really like yeah. the old dude. Yeah, he was. He was super cool. It was another strange scene too, is when Galen's like, Hey, like I, I appreciate your scary stories, but it scares the little kids. And he's like, I agree with you. I didn't think about I'm like, what are these people doing? Acting like normal human beings in any other slasher. The jealous boyfriend would have never redeemed himself. He would have probably had sex with somebody else and we would have hated him. The head like counseling guy, the old dude would have been like, Fuck you, this is my camp. I'm gonna do whatever jokes I want. But everyone is like super mature in this movie. And even like the couple that they try to make you like where you have no idea who they are until they die. I, first of all, that girl, I, she, she drove me crazy uh, with her screaming and everything. But like, even like that, like, who are these people? Oh, it's their scenes. Oh, they're going to die. Let's get to know them for three minutes. And they're like, I love you so much. I'm like, these characters aren't acting like normal slashers either. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. They, there's no character development in this yeah. at all. 
so yeah like it's basically just fodder you know like who's the next victim that we can get uh, mars to kill up until the end really it's what do you think about mars himself with his hobbit feet <laughs> i don't really understand it like i don't understand like you don't really see him all that well ever you know you see him in the shadows for the majority of the film and he's got like weird hands and weird feet and i don't know it was, it was he, a weird he growls a lot too yeah it's i really didn't know what to make of his character like it didn't yeah. make sense with his backstory as to why he looks so grotesque and stuff did he only come out because that one kid called for him or is he probably, just chilling there and probably snapped? you know yeah i mean it's yeah it's just it doesn't to, make to, sense that was that was probably the most slasherous moment was when he tells the story of don't do this of course some shithole kid has to like you know call him out and stuff and I, I don't know why mars is like climbing trees and shit just to like peep on people and not really do anything it's apparently uh, the actor almost fell out of the tree <laughs> uh yeah just whatever it was an interesting film like it's just i don't know no, it's not a great film by any stretch but yeah i, I, have, I, I have a soft spot for it right i was expecting more maybe because i'm like old you know i don't have any nostalgia for it mm-hmm. uh that i didn't like it as much as i thought i would yeah. i was just kind of hoping for i guess more of a straight up 80s camp film you know and i yeah. didn't get that so i was a bit disappointed yeah increase the kills you know have a little bit more variety than just someone going off the woods by themselves right <laughs> um but i really do- oh you know what come to think of it no kids were harmed in that because that was his house she went into and oh that's down. right yeah that's yeah, right so. but um yeah she was uh in her interview too she wished her character lived and that she killed madman mar she was not happy that her character died off um and then she did creep show and then she quit acting to direct like documentaries about chinese women and stuff like that so right fun fact but yeah like overall like i really like it but i know it's not near like the top of the not even close you know not even the same discussion as top of the 80s you know what i mean but it's like a it's one of those 80s one-offs right that like the burning not as good as burning clearly but (laughs) it's like one of those one-offs where it's like oh they never did anything else with this like i think you could if you had a talented filmmaker and a tighter script you can make a um like madman mars could have been like a slasher villain you know you could have had more spinoffs or more sequels and stuff like that or a stronger original but yeah it's just cool seeing a slasher from the 80s that isn't michael or freddy you know things like that um so that's why i like it plus he's got his own theme song which is cool yeah right <laughs> uh i actually read somewhere as well that uh originally the story was going to be about chopsy i think that's the uh, one from Chopsy. the burning chopsy is that what oh, they Cropsy? call him Cropsy. Uh, that's right Crop- Cropsy from the burning and then they heard that the burning was happening and they changed oh. the character accordingly to make this instead uh so that might be one of the okay. reasons why the the script is so i guess weak is they had to go a completely different direction kind of at the last minute but well yeah. according to her it got delayed a bunch of times from the summer to the winter so they had to change a bunch of stuff too yeah and i was wondering why people were wearing such like big jackets for the, <laughs> the summer, the summer. Yeah. yeah yeah like the, the guy um who gets hung there he's wearing like a full ass like you know like yeah. with the feathers and full jacket and like it's a, kind of a weird thing to wear in the middle of summer i know yeah. yeah well rate it yeah I, I enjoyed it you know it's still got that 80s charm uh it gets a point automatically just for having her in it uh because yeah. i like her so much but it's not something i think i'd watch again you know it's uh, there's a lot of other stuff that i'd rather watch over this but i still thought it was enjoyable so i give it a six out of ten okay yeah i give it a solid four out of five on letterbox but probably about a seven and a quarter out of ten um like i said i know it's like rough around the edges but he's got his own theme song 
he's like a big hobbit footed killer and the slasher characters the kid or the young adults whatever you want to call them are different they act different from other characters in it. so it's it's kind of it's fun yeah so that's that's my rating Mad Men Mars <laughs> yeah um yeah but it's interesting that Galen like quit acting you know because she could have like had a big career I mean her career has been big with like with her own like, yeah in her own like yeah yeah but as far as like horror goes she could have been steady work for sure so so this one she made between Dawn and Creepshow or was this last? yes she did Dawn first yeah Creepshow was last and then she retired from acting yeah that's a shame because she is pretty good you know and that's I mean that's two fucking amazing movies and this <laughs> yeah so yeah uh, which is okay but uh well yeah I mean her three movies are good right exactly yeah. so from so, from fantastic to okay so that's pretty yeah. damn good yeah for sure i, I take that career shit hell yeah yeah but, i mean uh, do cons to this day because of it yeah hell yeah but um you know if i ever see galen again i'm gonna get some kind of eight by ten of this i'm gonna have to order one online as joe said she didn't have any but that'd be right. completely random to get <laughs> mad yeah. mars i'm actually surprised she doesn't have like at least like an eight by ten yeah little poster thing of her like in the the spa doing the weird circling thing <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah but that the the guy i played Mad Men mars has like a, they interviewed him too and he has like a shrine to this movie in his house it's pretty cool all right like, is, people... this, is this his only thing yes yeah. so like people build them shit and send it to him nice yeah. i actually read uh, another piece of trivia was that uh during the filming of the movie uh, his daughter or son was born and he oh, went wow. to the hospital still dressed as Ben <laughs> Mars or at least, at least, at least partially. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. That wow. Good times. All right. So, that's Madman. There you go. So happy birthday. Great Thank pick. You. I always Thank like you. to go Great back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to go back to the 80s. You, know, or something you, you like. can't go wrong, man. Even, even if it's bad, it still looks like an 80s movie. It yeah. still has that 80s look, which always automatically gets a couple points and always had some goofy ass soundtrack that sounds really cool 80s is special man it is. So, 80s and 70s it got 70s got like a grimy look 80s mm-hmm. has that like what would you describe the 80s look as uh, it's kind of like it's still like grimy mm-hmm. but it's like people are learning from the 70s you know like they're i don't know it's just there's it's not washed the out like in the 90s yet yeah yeah yeah, yeah not, 90s was like too polished for or some of the too films. Pol- it's either too but, but polished or films, too dark. Yeah, it's, I don't know. The 90s, I, I never liked the 90s aesthetics so much. It's either Clueless or Crow in the 90s. It's like, right. you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which yeah. we'll cover Crow shortly for Let's XP. That's right. So, um, yeah. So, happy birthday once again. So, everyone yeah. go wish Todd a happy birthday on all of the social media and stuff like that. Next week, uh, mm-hmm. we, we don't know what we're doing yet. We're kind of taking it week by week right now. Um, just kind of see what's coming out but i know some of the bigger movies are finally starting to come out uh for a quick kind of early summer release i know nope is not too far away firestarter yeah, is not too far away out? firestarter nope uh men i don't know if men what the fuck is men it's a new a24 film that's coming out uh soon i don't know if that'll okay. be a theater release but uh, i'm sure there'll be stuff to check out so. yeah for sure check out our discord and uh you'll know you know before the episode's release what exactly we're reviewing stuff like that and like I said before, uh, stick to the end. We have an interview with Russell Owen. Very, very nice guy. Had great answers to everything. Uh, it's only a 15-minute interview, so not too long either. And uh, check out his film, Shepherd. It's uh, I think it's worth a watch. So yeah. that's it. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Squad podcast, where tonight we have a very special guest. Fans might know him best for directing the film Inmate Zero. 
and he's here today to promote his new film, Shepherd, which will be in theaters on May 6th and available on demand and digital on May 10th, which he wrote and directed, Russell Owen. Russell, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Right. Uh, can you please tell us a little bit about uh, your new movie, Shepherd? Um, yeah, Shepard is um, a, a, a slow burn psychological thriller about one man who um, takes a job as a shepherd that he sees um, advertising a paper on an island, um, completely alone, just him and his dog and 600 sheep after the death of his wife. Um, he's running away from his grief only for it to catch up with him. Excellent. So in this movie, Tom Hughes, who plays Eric Black, spends a good portion of the film alone. What were some of the challenges in filming an actor having no one to act opposite of for such a long time in the film? Um, I think it's a massive challenge and it was it was difficult to cast somebody who um, we knew would be able to take that on and, and really embrace that um, as a challenge. I mean, you have to find somebody that really delivers uh, storytelling with um, their body language. Um, and uh, Tom um, came out of nowhere at the top of um, Gemma Sykes casting this, the casting director Gemma Sykes, and um, it was incredible. I mean, um, it, it's, it, it does come down to the casting, it comes down to um, everything, every department, music, sound, um, the, the island itself has to be a character. Uh, um, uh, yeah, there's a lot more, there's, it's a bigger challenge than any other script um, with, with lots of other characters basically telling you the story because uh, you have to have um, everything that you're seeing and hearing tell the story uh, rather than dialogue. Right, which is such a huge contrast compared to your other film, Inmate Zero, which was such an ensemble <laughs> cast that had a lot of people to play off of. Uh, do you prefer one over the other or do you like the challenges of both? Um, Inmate Zero was, I hadn't written it and it was, um, it was, a, it was an odd project because um, I had gotten this script and there wasn't really much of a story to it. It was kind of like a first draft with lots of ideas in there. Um, and I didn't know quite what to do with it, but I had three and a half, four weeks before we were shooting it. We had no cast, no location or anything. So we just had to um, go straight into it and try and, and do as much as we could on a really, really small budget. Um, and that was great, but it was a completely different challenge in another way. And I wasn't sure how it was gonna turn out. Um, and then um, Shepherd was the the opposite. I knew the story; it was very clean, simple. We had, uh, you know, we had plenty of time to prep, um, but it wasn't driven by one set piece and then to another, to another, to another. A set piece in Shepherd is, you know, a cup of tea that's made itself, and somebody stares at it, thinking, "Why is that there?" And you know, you've got to you've got to make a lot of more decisions in terms of like, how do I move the camera? How do I um, you know ramp up the music? Should there be music at this point? Um, you know, the the, uh, the, the the decision-making is much more subtle. Right, uh, and speaking of that, the atmosphere really stands out in this film. Like, it's incredible, the atmosphere that you created for this. Uh, what other films influence your style when setting the atmosphere for Shepard? Um, it's funny, I mean, I, I normally, I don't start with films, I mean, it's obvious that there's so many inspirations in there, which you can't help. I mean, with cinema language, everybody adds to it every year and you go and see a film and that sticks in your head. And you go, I'm gonna do what that person did and, and put it. But um, in terms of inspiration, it's always ghost stories um, told verbally um, from when I was a kid growing up in North Wales, very, very old landscape. 
you've had medieval stories back to um, Viking stories, back to you know, pagan stories and, and all that way. It, it's very, very old. That's, and you get all these stories handed down, um, different ghost stories. And, and I always have a big imagination. So they, they always terrify me more than films do. And so when you go into making a film, that was always my thing. So how do I get that point across without, um, you know, saying anything? Um, and, and it always comes down to atmosphere. I've always got the, the sounds um, in my mind. So I'll, I'll be calling Edwin, the, the sound designer, and saying, it's more like this, it's more like that. And instead of using, you know, waves crashing, can we like duplicate lots of bottles smashing? So it sounds a little bit, but you're not quite sure. And, um, uh, and you know, it's films like, I mean, people like Christopher Nolan and the way he deals with sound design and music is always really interesting. Like with Dunkirk, you're not sure whether it's music or it's a plane engine and, and that kind of, I think layering things up and and, um, and subverting lots of different areas always helps build um, build an atmosphere and, and, a, and a certain uh, sense of place. And that's where, where the whole thing started was, was a sense of place. I wanted one tiny little guy in the middle of a, a huge landscape and, and then try and make sure that um, through editing, through cinematography and sound and set design that, that people really feel that they're there. Right. And uh, you also just talked about the incredible locations uh, in this film. So uh, what were your experiences filming in some of those locations that uh, feature in Shepherd? Um, I mean, <laughs> the one it, it was, again, uh, the location had to be a character. So it, had, it couldn't just be, you know, um, somewhere that everyone else has filmed a little bit, a corner of Scotland or Wales and, and you know, and a bit of sea and that'd be that really had to find somewhere which had a, a personality and the, and the far side of the Isle of Mull, which is a very, very difficult place to, it's one of the most remote places in the UK, if not Europe, where you have to go right far out on these tiny roads, which can't take trucks or anything like that. And these little Lord of the Rings Hobbit bridges and, and with they can't take the weight of all the stuff you're taking. And then you have to build sets there and you have to build a lighthouse and a cottage. Um, but it was, it was, it's just, it was just as important as casting the right person because as I say, it wasn't um, uh, anyone to bounce off. He had to have the 360 be surrounded by by this environment. And um, uh, it was a huge challenge in terms of, you know, it was rough weather. You've got wind and rain blowing in your face in, in winter in Scotland, off the west coast, of, straight off the Atlantic. It's one of the windiest parts of Europe. So with set nearly blow, blew away a few times, are these huge big water tanks holding the cottage down. Um, but it was incredible. I mean, it was worth, uh, it was worth the effort um, just to, to get that on camera. And I was told off a few times, I know you should have done this somewhere simpler outside Glasgow in a field or whatever, but it, you, it wouldn't have been the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they were like insane. The locations in this, like really cool. Another thing that he features really heavily in the film are uh, it's really heavy subjects that you tackle. What was your experience yeah. writing this film dealing with such heavy subjects? Um, I think um, in the past I mean when, when I first approached it it was just purely about how, how can I create a sense of space also in through my writing um, and a sense of isolation and then over the years I mean, I wrote it 15 years ago it takes that long sometimes to get a film made you know particularly if you haven't done anything um, and it was only because of Inmate Zero I, I you know piggybacked off that and said I, I won't take a fee for Inmate Zero if you make this finally uh, which they agreed to do um, but then I had um, Got more experience through writing. I was a storyboard and concept artist for years for other directors, and I, you know, and I learned my craft through that before I started doing short films and, and commercials. But then I, um, 
I'd put this on the shelf and then I'd lost a friend um, who, who used to suffer badly from depression. And he had relayed a lot of his experiences before he died about you know how it made him feel. And I took it back off the shelf um, after his funeral and I started reworking it, um, reworking it from his perspective. So the character um, took on a lot, lot of the traits that I had learned from, from him because he was dealing with, you know, attempted suicide and depression and also and and one of the key things was which made it ping in my head shepherd was that um uh it's a uh, it, to be depressed is like being in a horror film so a lot of the film itself is is even like a heightened reality horror film like a hammer horror you know the lightning and the house and the and the set design and the cobwebs and the gas lamps you know it, it's deliberate but um it's not um a, it's supposed to take you, remove you a little bit from um, reality. Um, so that's what I was trying to do. So you wrote and directed this film. Is there one or the other that you enjoy doing more, the writing or the directing? Uh, oh, um, that's really difficult. They, 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 I, I love uh, sitting down with an idea and, and writing. And when I'm in the flow, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, it's a real... Um, uh amazing experience uh and, and it's quite a safe place because you can do things no one else is seeing it you can change things you think you're not being judged directing is terrifying at the same time but then um when you get something right that's like you know uh, you, you're you're absolutely shattered getting to the top of that mount everest but then you know you look back at that and go oh that was incredible it's it i guess that's the best way to compare it you you once you've done one, one or two, it's like, oh, I can do better. I can go back. I can improve on that. I could do, oh, I, I've got a great idea and I know I can make this work. So it's, it's, it's addictive, but um, in, in very different ways. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit of what you're going to do next uh, after making Shepherd? Uh, can you talk about what's coming up? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I'm just doing um, commercials, uh, commercials for um, fashion adverts and, uh, and jewelry for random bit, but... My next film, um, I've got three um, that I'm currently working on um, and I'm speaking to two uh, small studios in the UK, well, US and the UK um, with a slightly bigger budget. Um, uh, so one's a follow-up to Shepard, not a sequel. Um, and the other one is is like a, a sort of Hitchcock-style thriller that's set in the south of France. So. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see which one um, gets gets legs and starts moving first, but um, uh, either or I'll be over the moon. Uh, is the horror genre the genre that you'd like to keep going in, or is, is there another genre maybe you'd like to tackle one day? Um, I'd love to tackle action properly uh, with big budgets and not not do it on the cheap. I, I'm not really an action director. I, I love my slow burns and I love psychology and, and that kind of thing, but... Um, Horror is, I think, my home, thriller and horrors. Um, I think it's the most innovative genre. Um, there's a lot of um, uh, innovation uh, that's happened um, in the history of film through horror films. Um, and and, and they're, they're more fun and, and you, can, you can go deeper into all sorts of different subjects and characters with horror. So um, horror is something I'll probably always keep um, falling back into. It's my happy place. Awesome. And is there anything else you'd like to plug, like a social media or somewhere that people can reach you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on um, uh, Instagram at Russ Owen uh, with double S. Um, and it's the same on my Twitter.
Thank you very much, uh, Russell. It's been an absolute pleasure. And everyone, Shepard, you can check it out in theaters on May 6th and on demand digital on May 10th. It's a great film and I hope everyone can go and see it. So thank you very much, Russell. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Shepard.